أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم My brothers and sisters السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته I hope you're well and uh, celebrating the amazing uh, day of Jum'ah um, I hope, pray that Allah Azza wa accepts all our sacrifices, our prayers and our effort to come to his masjid to pray Jum'ah alhamdulillah Today you brought your children which is wonderful and I am very happy that, to see so many of you here young people um, I'm going to talk about something that I started talking about last month when I came here some of you complained to me afterward some of you were not very happy about my topic about women pray, praying in the mosques and I promise that I'll come back with uh, what you asked for which is more evidence that you needed instead of uh, the, the speech that I gave last time my speech doesn't change it stay, stays the same in the sense that the essence of the speech remains exactly the same. However, what I think you are looking for is a space where, or at least something that you can go away with, with evidence that you have heard, and therefore you can also share this evidence with everybody else. Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran talks about Muslim men and women repeatedly throughout the Quran, and he does not distinguish between man and woman in that process. So the verse that I often quote is in the Muslimin wal Muslimat wal Mu'minin wal Mu'minat wal Qanitin wal Qanitat wal Sadiqin wal Sadiqat wal Sabirin wal Sabirat wal Khashi'in wal Khashi'at wal Mutasaddiqin wal Mutasaddiqat wal Sa'imin wal Sa'imat wal Hafidin furujahum wal Hafidat wal Dhaqirin Allah kathiru wal Dhaqirat Adallahu lahum maghfiratun wa ajran azima. This is in Surah 33, verse 35. Allah says in the Quran, verily for all men and women who have surrendered themselves unto Allah. And for all men and women who are believing, or all believing men and all believing women, and all truly devout men and all truly devout women, and all men and women who are true to their words, and all men and women who are patient in adversity, and all men and women who humble themselves in front of Allah, and all men and women who give in charity, and all men and women who are self-denying, and all men and women who are mindful of their chastity, and all men and women who remember Allah unceasingly. For all of them Allah has readied forgiveness and mighty reward. In this verse, Allah talks about man and woman, man and woman, man and woman for every category of people who would deserve Allah's mighty reward as well as a, and his forgiveness. He does not say for men there is more forgiveness and for women less forgiveness or more forgiveness for women, less forgiveness for men. Allah doesn't discriminate. Allah doesn't discriminate amongst his servants ever. But unfortunately, within the Muslim society, there is unfortunate, I, I call it cultural problem, not Islamic or religious problem. So for example, there are people who think that praying only, okay, let me not say that. Let me start by asking you. We all believe that prayer is an obligation upon man and woman. Is that correct? Is there anyone here who says no to that? Of course you can't. Because if you say that, you will disbelieve in Allah's words. He says in the Quran, and tell all the believing men and women, Say to Allah says, and say to all my servants, if they have truly attained faith, that they shall establish prayer. And they will sacrifice from what Allah has given them openly and secretly. And Allah in Surah Baqarah in the beginning, Right at the beginning, Alif Lam Mim, Dalikal Kitabu La Roy Bafi, 
المتقين, and then he says immediately salat, and those who establish prayer why does he say that prayer is an obligation upon man and woman brothers and sisters without discrimination it is the identity of our faith if you don't pray as far as Islam is concerned there is a problem with your faith stronger the faith the more you pray the less you pray the weaker the faith so they are in a symbiotic relationship interdependent relationship and it is for man and woman now my brothers and sisters Prophet said we should pray and that is the identity of a believer Allah in the Quran more than 70 times talks about aqim salah establish prayer when Allah says establish prayer he doesn't mean you should pray on your own only he means establish it with people come to the masjid Allah doesn't say in any verse of the Quran that you should pray on your own or you must pray just by yourself he doesn't say that always says waqimus salat iqama you hear the iqama the Imam would stand and the Mu'addin would give Iqama at the end. What does Iqama mean? Stand together. Come together. Establish it together. Establish prayer. Now can you please tell me, to establish prayer, you need a congregation. Is establishing prayer only an obligation on men or women too? Silence. Men and women, of course. Because men cannot establish prayer by themselves. They have to come to the masjid. How do women establish prayer if they can't come to the masjid? In their own house? Houses? No. It's not a place for prayer in that way. For people to come together. It's not a public space. If you want to establish prayer, they must, must come to the masjid. My brothers and sisters, let me ask you the next question. Did the Prophet of Allah وسلم, discourage women from coming to the mosque? Did he say women should not come to the mosque ever in his life? No. There are not, not a single hadith. Actually, the contrary is true. He says uh, in Abdullah ibn Umar's uh, beautiful saying, um, where one of the wife of Umar ibn Khattab anhu, used to offer Fajr Salah and Isha Salah in the masjid in congregation especially. She preferred Fajr and Isha in the masjid. Perhaps during the daytime she was busy. She, asked, she was asked by people, Oh, the wife of uh, Umar al-Khattab, why do you go to the masjid when you know that Umar dislikes it so much? He feels jealous, if you were to translate it crudely. He feels jealous. So she replied, okay, if he dislikes it so much and if he feels jealous, why doesn't he stop me from coming to the masjid? Why doesn't he stop me from, the, from coming to the masjid? To which they all replied, because Rasulullah said, "La tamna'u ima Allahi masajid Allah." Do not stop Allah's servant, so a woman, from coming to Allah's masjid. Allahu Akbar. Umar ibn Khattab did not like his wife from coming to the masjid. They didn't like it. And when she was asked, she said, "Why doesn't he stop me?" Because Umar knowingly will not disobey Allah's Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so he did not stop his wife. Umar did not like it. Remember this. You may not like something, but it is better for you. Allah says that in the Quran. You may like something, but it is not good for you. Allah says that in the Quran. And the companions of the Prophet of Allah, despite their personal likes and dislikes, they submitted to what Allah and His Prophet Muhammad said because Allah says, Obey Allah and His, and his Messenger. 
We don't question Allah and His Messenger when they give us a command which is so clear. And this is not a command only, my brothers and sisters. It is a prohibition on you and me. Do not stop. Do not stop. It's not just a suggestion. When Prophet ﷺ speaks like this, he is giving an order to you and I. Don't stop the servants of Allah, the female servants of Allah, from coming to His house. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. No man on this earth has the right to stop a woman from coming to the masjid when Allah's Prophet Muhammad وسلم, says, don't stop him. Even if they want to come to the masjid at night, don't stop him. There is another hadith, again, narrated in the sahih of uh, all the hadith that we know. Do not stop a woman from coming to the masjid. My brothers and sisters, I want you to note, Salim ibn Abdullah ibn Umar informed us that Abdullah ibn Umar anhu said, I heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say, do not stop Allah's female servant from coming to the mos mosques, especially when they ask you permission. Upon hearing this, his own son Bilal, his own son Bilal turned around and says, by Allah, I will certainly stop them. Bilal said this. Abdullah ibn Umar became so angry, so angry. He told Bilal very strongly, he told him off. He screamed and shouted at them. His companions who reported this, they said, we have never seen Abdullah ibn Umar so angry in his life. Like this. We've never heard Abdullah ibn Umar telling somebody off so badly as he did to his own son Bilal. He said, Abdullah ibn Umar said to Bilal, Oh Bilal, I am informing you that I have heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, say this, this and this. And, oh Bilal, how dare you say, by Allah, you will go against that word that Allah's Messenger وسلم, had said. Can you see how strong Abdullah ibn Umar felt? My brothers and sisters, why did the Messenger of Allah وسلم, tell Abdullah ibn Umar again? Shall we leave this door for the ladies' entrance and exit? Why did he say that? if women were not allowed to come to the masjid. It makes no sense. If women were not allowed to come to the masjid and house was better for them to pray, why would Allah's Prophet Muhammad go out of his way to tell the companions to dedicate a door for the ladies? Was Prophet of Allah double talking? No. Was he giving insincere advice to his companions? Never. If homes were better for them, why would he dedicate a door for them in his own masjid. It is actually reported that Abdullah ibn Umar, after hearing these words from the, the, the mouth of Allah's Prophet Muhammad وسلم, never walked through the door ever again until he died. Never. So strong their belief and so strong was their commitment to the Prophet of Allah My brothers and sisters, if there were no extra rewards assigned for ladies, to come to the masjid, why would Rasulullah dedicate a door for them? If it only was for men. Now, let me ask you another question. Is it true that Prophet ﷺ said that when you come to the masjid, you get 25 to 27 times reward, more reward than at home? Am I right? Yes. That's why you all come to the masjid. Yesterday I was here at Isha. I was very impressed, mashallah. Five, six rows full of people who came to Isha. Alhamdulillah, amazing. The more people who come to the masjid, the better it is, alhamdulillah. Now, if there is 25 to 27 times more reward for coming to the masjid, are you telling me that women 
don't need to come to the masjid and don't, don't need to get this reward. Are you telling me this? Is it only for men? Of course we are not saying that. Women should come to the masjid and should, nobody should prevent them from coming to the masjid. If it wasn't that they should come to the masjid, why would Prophet ﷺ open a door for them separately? Why would he say, don't stop women, the servants of Allah, from coming to the masjid? Why? Why would he say that? My brothers and sisters, I can go on and on. I, I intend to. I want to give you more points, inshallah, but I'll continue in a few minutes. I just want you to note this. Remember the hadith of Rasulullah again and again. La tamna'u Allahi masajid Allah. Do not stop female servants of Allah from coming to the masjid. Do not stop them. Do not stop them. Do not prevent them. That is an order from Allah through his prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May Allah give us the strength to be able to practice that insha'Allah. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا وداعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا أما بعد قال الله تبارك وتعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن المسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات والقانتين والقانتات والصادقين والصادقات والصابرين والصابرات والخاشعين والخاشعات والمتصدقين والمتصدقات والصائمين والصائمات والحافظين فروجهم والحافظات والذاكرين الله كثيرا والذاكرات أعد الله لهم مغفرة وأجرا عظيما الله سيسيس another verse my brothers and sisters والمؤمنون والمؤمنات بعدهم أولياء بعد يأمرون بالمعروف وينهون عن المنكر ويقيمون الصلاة ويؤتون الزكاة ويتعمون الله ورسوله أولئك سيرحمهم الله إن الله عزيز حكيم and also says in the Quran وعد الله وعد الله المؤمنين والمؤمنات جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار خالدين فيها ومساكن طيبة في جنات جنات عدن ورضوان من الله أكبر ذلك هو الفوز العظيم three verses I've recited in front of you they clearly outline the believing man and believing woman's status in the eyes of Allah. In the first one, Allah talks about how anyone who wishes to be forgiven and anyone who wishes to attain the biggest reward on the Day of Judgment, and they are men and women who surrender themselves to Allah, men and women who believe in Allah, men and women who are devout to Allah, men and women who are true to their words to Allah, men and women who are patient in adversity, men and women who are humble men and women who are giving charity, men and women who are self-denying, men and women who are mindful of their chastity, men and women who remember Allah all the time, men and women all the way. And I've given you a few reasons why we should always be very mindful of our cultural approach. You may not like what I say sometimes, but don't worry about what you like about what I say and what I don't say. Refer to the Sunnah of Rasulullah for any explanation that you want from the Quran of Allah's words. If you can't find them, then ask those who know. But amongst the ulama, they all agree that you cannot stop Muslim women from coming to the masjid for prayers. You can't. If you do, you're disobeying the command of Allah because Prophet Muhammad said it very clear. 
Brothers and sisters, I've given you a few evidence to begin with. Prayer is an obligation on man and woman. And therefore, they must pray. Prayer is not an obligation only as a personal prayer obligation, but as a collective obligation, we must establish prayer. They cannot establish prayer if they're at home. They need to come to the masjid to establish prayer. As number three, Prophet ﷺ never discouraged women from coming to the masjid. In fact, he said he should not stop them from coming to the masjid. Prophet ﷺ said praying in the masjid is 27 times more rewarding. He did not discriminate women by saying women should not come and therefore they should be deprived of it. My brothers and sisters, when Muhammad ﷺ was alive, he told his companions to dedicate a door for ladies to come into the masjid, separating a door so that they would be facilitated adequately and facilitated well. And this is exactly what the companions of the Prophet of Allah did throughout their life, even later. I also told you about Umar al-Khattab's personal choice. And he did not stop his own wife from coming to the masjid, even though he was jealous of the fact that she was coming to the masjid. My brothers and sisters, we cannot stop our sisters from coming to the masjid. Now, some people use the statement of Aisha radiallahu anha as evidence. That Aisha said, had the Prophet of Allah seen what the woman have invented after him, he would have stopped them from coming to the masjid as women were stopped during the Bani Israel's time from coming to the masjid or coming to their places of worship. First thing first, Allah Azza wa Jal chose Maryam to look after his place of worship for the Bani Israel. If Allah did not want women to be in the masjid, why would he choose Maryam out of all people, a woman? to be not only a caretaker of the masjid, but Allah's devoted servant, who he called uh, the most chaste and pure. Allah gave here her that title. You'll find this in Surah Maryam. He praises Maryam as an amazing woman dedicated to serving him in his place of worship. Allahu Akbar. Secondly, the Prophet of Allah did not see what Aisha was referring to. So therefore he did not prohibit it. Because he did not prohibit it, this statement is not a rule, it's Aisha's own statement. This statement also assumes that Prophet of Allah is making halal and haram whimsically, his own choice. No, he is not. Allah tells him what to say and he says. Allah says in the Quran, if Muhammad was to concoct and invent anything about our deen, he would be perished because of it. Allah will punish Muhammad on this earth. But Prophet never said anything from his own wishes or whims except what Allah has commanded him. Do you think Prophet was speaking from his own whims? No. Do you think Prophet said, don't stop women from coming to the masjid out of his own whim? No. So when Aisha said, had Prophet seen what women are inventing today, he would have prohibited them. Is Aisha saying Allah is not aware of the future? You can't say that. According to scholars, and if you make such a statement, that statement could be a statement of kuf. You can't say that about Allah because Allah knows about every, everything. So Allah knowingly about the new knowledge of the future, the fact that people will abuse his law, people will disobey his law, still allowed men and women come, to come to the masjid. Why would we say Aisha's statement is a statement of evidence? What Aisha was referring to when she said new things, what was she talking about? Did she mention it? Could it have been worse than alcohol? Could it have been worse than gambling? Could it have been worse than fornication? Could it have been worse than backbiting? And do you not think gambling, alcohol, fornication, backbiting were all prevalent at the time of the Prophet ﷺ amongst the wider society? And some of the Muslims also did the same. They were punished for it, of course. 
So if Prophet, Prophet ﷺ did not stop people from coming to the masjid when they were doing all those evil, why do you think Prophet ﷺ, or what was Aisha talking about when she was referring to the new things they've, they've invented? What was she talking about? We don't know. Therefore, that cannot be a rule based on Aisha's statement. If what woman invented could be used to prohibit women from coming to the masjid, my brothers and sisters, what do we say about men? In today's world, men have invented many things in the masjid that has nothing to do with the masjid. I don't want to give you the examples, otherwise you'll get more upset. Many things we do have nothing to do with the sunnah of Rasul Wasallam. We insist on doing them, even though Prophet Muhammad Wasallam never did them. If somebody is going to invent something new was a reason for prohibiting women from coming to the masjid, why should the men not be prohibited too? My brothers and sisters, if while Aisha radiallahu anhu made a statement, it's Aisha's own statement. Maybe she was frustrated by what women were doing. But you cannot use this as a rule. That's not the rule. It's Aisha's own statement. There is a hadith narrated by some people. And this hadith is quoted by people using the narrator, Abdul, um, Abdul Hamid ibn al-Mundir al-Ansari, who said, your prayer in your house is better than your prayer with me. This gentleman says the Prophet ﷺ said this. Do you know what the Hadith scholars say about Abdul Hamid ibn al-Mundir? They say this man was unknown entity. He was not known for Hadith. It is not allowed for us to abandon an established practice of Prophet Muhammad وسلم, narrated by Muhaddithi, narrated by Sahaba who were known for their credential or those who narrated this hadith later on, who are known for their personality, or hadith that are mutawatir for a man who is not known. It's not allowed. You can't do that. So most scholars doubt the authenticity of this hadith in the first place. And yet some people quote this hadith. There is another hadith they quote about woman's house, her door, in a quote a bit better than every... It's a long hadith. I don't want to go through it. You can. Again, most scholars doubt the authenticity of the hadith too. You cannot make haram based on something that is not authentic. And you cannot make something that is halal based on something not authentic. That is not acceptable in Islam. My brothers and sisters, the companions of Prophet of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, do you know what they did? Atika bint Zaid was married to Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhu. She used to go to the masjid and Umar said to her, by Allah, you definitely know that I don't like what you're doing. Look, Umar is talking to her. You definitely know what you're doing I don't like. I don't like you to go to the mosque. Upon this she replied, By Allah, I will not stop unless you stop me. Umar replied, Then I certainly will not stop you. When Umar was killed in his masjid with a dagger, Atika bint Zaid was present in that masjid. If her home was better, she would be at home. But she wasn't at home. She was in the masjid. Masjid is a better place for her to be. My brothers and sisters, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu said to his companions, he used to call people together for Ramadan taraweeh prayer. And he used to appoint an imam in the masjid for men and an imam for the woman. Now tell me, were they not in the masjid? Yes, they were in the masjid. Were they at home? No, they were in the masjid. 
You know, brothers and sisters, it's a great tragedy. A great tragedy. Do you know why I call it tragedy? Because of our cultural bias, we're excluding 50%. In fact, 56% of the Muslim population, our sisters, the mothers of our children, our daughters, our nieces, from coming to the masjid. In fact, my dear sisters, I want to tell you this. I want our sisters to know this. It is the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad for Muslim men and women to come to the masjid to pray all their prayers. Remember this. It is the sunnah of Prophet of Allah Don't abandon this sunnah. Allah has given women an exemption. It is true. They don't have to come because they may have other duties and responsibilities such as home care, childcare, etc. But don't abandon masjid by making excuses because you are also part of this masjid or any masajid that is built for the name or the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. My brothers and sisters, it's a tragedy. Some of our cultural biases overtake what is the sunnah of Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And I want you to return to the sunnah of Prophet of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So a lot of young children are here today. I hope you bought your girls. Not just boys. And you know what Rasulullah said? He said, invite men, women, and children, even women who are not praying to Eid prayer, Eid gathering. Why would he say that if women were not allowed to come to the masjid and if they were not to come to the masjid? My brothers and sisters, I want to repeat again. It is a cultural bias. It is a cultural prejudice that we've inflicted on our sisters. Let this masjid be a beacon let this message lead the way because we've got a, ma a massive space upstairs for our sisters. Massive space. My sisters, populate it every Jum'ah. Every prayer, come with your children. Some men complain. Oh, if ladies come, they bring children and there's a lot of complaint. La ilaha illallah. My brothers and sisters, when I stand in prayer and when I'm leading prayer, when I hear the cries of the baby, I know the Ummah of Muhammad is alive. I know Ummah of Muhammad is alive. I can dream about the future. Prophet of Allah did not say to woman, don't bring your woman to the mosque because of the children. In fact, he shortened his prayer when he heard. He shortened his recitation when he heard children crying. In fact, he elongated his sijda when Hassan was playing on his back. Subhanallah. Prophet was in sijda and his, his grandson was playing on his back. And he stayed in sijda for a very long time. And the companions said to Prophet of Allah, Oh Prophet of Allah, this sajda was rather long. Was a revelation coming to you? Prophet Muhammad said, No, my grandson was playing on my back and I did not want to disturb him on his play. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. My brothers, my uncles, my sisters, don't deprive our sisters of coming to the masjid. Masjid, masjid, masjid is the place where man and woman place their head on the floor and connect with Allah in a collective manner in congregation. Don't deprive our sisters of space in the masjid. May Allah forgive us for this. May Allah forgive us for depriving our sisters and denying them their rights in masajids. May Allah enable us so that we can bring them to the masjid and open up the doors of our masajid to our sisters. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والآخرة للمتقين والصلاة والسلام على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. My brothers and sisters, I dream of a time when our children 
understand the relationship between man and woman is based on respect. I dream of a time when I see our children treating one another because the other is also the servant of Allah. I dream of a time when you look at a sister or a brother and you respect Allah's creation and you respect them and you honor them just like you would like to be treated. After last Jum'ah, as I was standing outside and I was talking to many people, some people came and said certain, certainly some terrible things to me. Brother, how can I control myself? What do you mean, how can you control yourself? What's wrong with you, brother? What's wrong with you? I can't control myself if I see a sister in the masjid. There is something wrong with such a thinking. You need help. You need psychological help. You need counseling. You don't need to banish our sisters because of your demented head. My brothers and sisters, there is a problem in our community. We, as we have seen misogyny in certain parts of our community. We need to eradicate it as soon as possible. Allah has created man and woman. How? Al-mu'minun wa al-mu'minat. Ba'aduhum awliyahu ba'ad. Allahu Akbar. They are protectors of one another. What kind of protection are you offering? You know, our brothers and sisters don't mind going to the markets, shopping malls, shopping centers, cinemas, streets, sports facilities, gyms, everything. They have no problem with that. But they have an allergic reaction if they see a sister in the masjid. What are you talking about? In fact, I asked a community of people that you have out over there so many ladies shopping. There is a masjid here. Where do they go for duhr prayer when they're out in shopping? You have no space for sisters. Well, they can go home and pray. What do you mean they can go home and pray? Whoa, unto them who delay their prayers. Allah says in the Quran. Woe unto them who delay their prayers or are negligent of their prayers. Woe unto them. You're making it possible for sisters to pray or you're pushing them away from prayers. Brothers and sisters, I don't say this to my congregation here because I know we don't have this problem. I say this to the Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, across this world and many Asian countries especially. You know, you can go to Bangladesh and travel from the north of Bangladesh to south of Bangladesh. You will find hundreds of masajids in Bangladesh to pray. Hundreds. In fact, thousands, Allahu Akbar. You will hear the adhan everywhere. Amazing. But you will struggle to find a mosque where sisters can pray. What do they do? What do they do? They don't pray? Oh no, they make it up when they come home. Who gave them that, that excuse? In India, the same. In Pakistan, the same. It's an Asian problem. We need to eradicate this problem. It comes from our old history when our ancestors were not Muslims. When you understand Islam truly, you will understand that man and woman are servants of Allah. They're what? Servants of Allah. And let me finish by reminding you the hadith of Prophet Allah sallallahu What did he say? لا تمنعوا إماء الله مساجد الله لا تمنعوا إماء الله مساجد الله لا تمنعوا إماء الله مساجد الله Do not stop, do not prevent Allah's female servants from coming to the masjid. May Allah forgive us. May Allah enable us to open up the doors to our, our ladies, our sisters, our daughters, our women of our society. Ya Arhamur Rahimin, Ya Akramur Akramin, forgive us. Forgive us for our shortcomings, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, empower our children, boys and girls, to come to the masjid more often, Ya Allah. 
Ya Rahman Rahimin, turn our hearts so that it can be comfortable in your masjid, Ya Allah. Turn our hearts and our character so that we can find contentment and satisfaction in coming to the masjid, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahimin, Ya Akramul Akramin, empower us with Iman, Ya Allah. Empower us with Taqwa, Ya Allah. Empower us with knowledge, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahimin, Ya Akramul Akramin, forgive us for our shortcomings, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahimin, free Al-Aqsa from occupation, Ya Allah. Free Syria from fitna, Ya Allah. Free Iraq from fitna, Ya Allah. Free Kashmir from occupation, Ya Allah. Free every part of the world that is in trouble, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahimin, Ya Akramul Akramin. We're hearing troubles in Syria. We're hearing troubles in Sudan. We're hearing troubles in uh, um, Algeria. We're hearing troubles everywhere. Ya Allah, relieve troubles from all parts of the world, Ya Allah. Ya Rahman Rahimin, enable us so that we can be the best ambassadors of your deen, Ya Allah. Rabbana, taqabbal minna inna kanta samu alim وَتُبْ عَلَيْنَا يَا مَوْلَانَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ التَّوَابُ الرَّحِيمُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُ بِالْعَدْلِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِيتَاءِ ذِي الْقُرْبَى وَيَنْهَى عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ وَالْبَغْيِ يَعِذُكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ فَاذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ وَاشْكُرُوا لِي وَلَا تَكْفُرُونَ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مَا تَصْنَعُونَ أَقِمِ الصَّلَ